your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLocal and follow our podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. If you enjoyed this episode and want to stay tuned for the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis or catch up on episodes you've missed, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, and the Megaphone app. Subscribing is free. And I will love you forever if you do it. I'll still love you even if you don't, but, you know, makes me a little bit uh, happier when you do. Speaking of things I love, it's time to recap the uh, the Winnipeg Jets against the Ottawa Senators. And this is a game where I didn't actually have all that much to love because I feel like the Jets, well, they had some moments. Let's start off with the first period, though. And this is a, uh, a frame where I feel like the Jets basically forgot that, in fact, today was a game on the schedule and they just did not show up. If you've heard previous episodes and you've heard me talk about Winnipeg's slow starts in previous games, well, this one was one of those games. Honestly, calling it a slow start's probably pretty generous. Winnipeg basically got pancaked for 20 minutes and did absolutely nothing to counter all of the offensive pressure that Ottawa poured on basically from puck drop. I had maybe sat down for like 3 or 4 minutes before Ottawa had already outshot Winnipeg something like 7-1, which is actually not that dissimilar from one of the earlier games the Jets played against this team. The funniest thing is that Winnipeg somehow escaped this period nothing-nothing, all thanks to Connor Hellebuck being an absolute rockin' net, but wow man, I mean the Jets were just really bad. Uh, and it kind of comes down to a couple of changes that I think the Jets really didn't need to make. You know, Tucker Pullman just came off of COVID protocol, and it sounds like he was dealing with something at least for part of it, so I can't imagine that he was going to be super fresh for tonight, and it seemed like when he got into the lineup, it was just not really a situation where he needed to be played immediately. So, like, Winnipeg's thought process was, well, we still want to put him in. Let's, in fact, dress seven defenders and 11 forwards. Like, I get that the Ottawa Senators are not a particularly great team, but the thing about Ottawa is that when you look at the way that they play, they're actually not that bad. They don't have a great goaltending duo. In fact, they basically have sieves for nets. But as far as like their, their forwards are concerned, those guys can actually create. Ottawa's a very fast, scrappy team that doesn't really have a whole lot of high-end finishing talent, which is why, you know, for as much as they create, they just don't really outscore their opponents much. And because their goaltending and defense are more than a little shaky, you know, Ottawa just concedes loads and loads of opportunities and goals against. This is actually one of those games where Ottawa really did not give much of anything away, at least in terms of like their their skaters and, and opportunities that those skaters have often conceded to other teams. Winnipeg, especially in these opening 20 minutes, just did not do much of anything. I mean, they had a couple of shots on goal, but aside from that, it was just a really embarrassing performance. I think Winnipeg's first period was something like 17 shots to six, maybe, or something like that. I get that the Jets, you know, occasionally have to make some lineup changes and adjustments, but... If you basically forget how to play hockey in the span of like two days, and uh, this is essentially a must-win game for the Jets to steal all of these points against Ottawa, then, you know, I don't understand why they came out looking so flat against a team that they really need to be beating. 
this isn't like some new trend either. You know, Winnipeg comes out of the gate against a lot of these poorer teams looking like, well, looking like last year's Jets where they were more of a lottery squad than they were a playoff contender. I've had a hard time wrapping my mind around how this team could be so thoroughly unprepared every single night, and it's not like every night is like this. I'll say that generally speaking, the Jets have gotten away with uh, fewer of these periods throughout the season, but the fact that they still happen is kind of a problem. I mean, you look at this lineup and it's it's not great. You know, the defense has a lot of issues and stuff, but as far as the forwards and goaltending duo are concerned, I mean, these guys are all extremely good at their jobs. I mean, the Jets forwards have one of the deepest lineups in the league, and the, the goaltending duo of Laurent Brassois and Connor Hellebuck is fantastic in net. And so I, I feel like the Jets should be able to do a lot more with the roster that they already have, even though their defense is kind of like not great. You know, I think playing Nate Bolu 22 minutes a night is a huge problem. Tonight in this first period, he actually did get reduced ice time because Tucker Pullman was eating some of those shifts, but Bolu is still like third in this period. Josh Morrissey was also one of the top defenders in ice time, which is kind of an issue because I feel like Morrissey more and more is starting to show that he's more of like a second pairing or third pairing guy, which is crazy to think, you know, a couple of seasons ago, Morrissey was at least regarded as one of the top left-handed D in Canada. And now you watch him and you wonder what happened when Jacob Truba left. He's just completely fallen apart. And you really can't trust him with much, even in like limited power play sequences. He's, he struggles to make simple passes. He turns the puck over and creates shorthanded opportunities. And his shot selection when he's dropping near the faceoff circles or into the slot is very poor. So I just don't really know how to fix him, you know. I'm very concerned that his contract is going to be going for many years now at a pretty decent sized cap hit. And he's playing like a guy who's worth maybe half that. The past several periods of hockey just haven't really done much to dispel those worries for me. And it's it's very hard for me to personally accept because of, of Winnipeg's defenders. I really treasure him among the top of my personal favorite guys. But he's just not really playing like somebody who should be, uh, you know, playing in this role that he's been given. He wasn't the only defender to really struggle in this first period. Basically everyone except for like... I don't know, Dylan DeMello maybe struggled, and even then it's not like DeMello was all that great. Winnipeg skaters just kind of looked like they had no idea what was going on, and the slot was basically an open invitation for Ottawa to take shots all night. It was a very messy opening 20 minutes, and it's very fortunate that the Jets didn't find themselves in an early deficit to deal with, because I don't know if they would have been able to claw themselves out if Ottawa scored first. I get that the Sens are bad, but the lineup choices and tactical acumen of this coaching staff just doesn't really make any sense to me. It hasn't made sense for a while, but I feel like these games, ones where you have to win and you have to get a result, are especially important for the Jets not to screw up. And it very nearly went sideways early for this team, and it's kind of crazy because Ottawa, again, is, has a much weaker lineup and really shouldn't be giving the Jets this much trouble. Luckily for the Jets, they ended up scoreless in the first period just because Connor Hellebuck was very sharp, and, you know, of course, Winnipeg really wasn't creating much in the other end, so there weren't that many opportunities for Matt Murray to deal with. The biggest question was, would Winnipeg show up in the second period? And the results may or may not surprise you. We'll touch on those results in just a moment, but before then, I thought you should know a little bit about why Built Bar might become your protein bar of choice. If you're a longtime listener of this podcast, then by now you know that I'm personally a big fan of Built Bars. If you've never had one, it's a protein bar that's more like a candy bar, with a dark chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. To get started, I'd highly recommend trying out their 12 original flavors, two of which are my personal favorites of that lineup. I'd say mint, brownie, and raspberry are both very good starting points. But if you can't decide, be sure to check out their variety box, which gives you the best of both worlds, and also lets you try all of their other flavors, including six brand new flavors. Oh yes, I said six brand new and delicious flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. 
I've had a chance to try all six of them, and they're all delicious, but they're even better for you, with most Built Bars clocking in at around 200 calories or less, 14 to 19 grams of protein, and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high in protein, and high in fiber, so they're perfect for keto diets as well as weight loss and weight maintenance programs. To place your order, log on to BuiltBar.com, and at checkout, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll receive 20% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are covering uh, the Winnipeg Jets game against the Ottawa Senators. And after a rather one-sided, lopsided first period where the Jets kind of got shelled but somehow managed not to surrender any goals, a lot happened in the rest of the game. But before I go any further, I thought you should know a little bit about why Locked on Today might be your new favorite daily sports podcast. We're covering everything you need to know about the Winnipeg Jets, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked on Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked on Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your favorite podcasts and never miss a beat. And now some thoughts on Winnipeg's second period against the Ottawa Senators, which was, yeah, I mean, on the one hand, very good, but also kind of like what happened exactly. Um, The Sens kind of started off the, the period with a really funny sequence where, you know, Paul Stastny and Mason Appleton kind of came in on the forecheck after a bit of a puck dump, and, like, Matt Murray came out to play the puck and then ended up turning it over to Appleton, who found Paul Stastny coming in on the left flank, and, you know, Stastny really wasn't going to miss because Murray wasn't even set inside his net. As a goaltender, if you're not really anticipating the shot and you're not really in a set position, it's going to be very difficult for you to make the save, and, of course, Stastny is a very crafty player, not exactly somebody that you want to be turning the puck over to and giving a a nice, clear goal-scoring opportunity, and Stastny did not miss. So, despite having a very bad-looking shot clock, the Jets ended up scoring first very early in the second period and taking the one nothing lead. Winnipeg did seem to have more skating legs in the second period. I wouldn't say like they were super fast or anything, but they were at least moving and a little, bit, a little bit more active in terms of offensive creation. On one of their rare sustained offensive zone pressures, they did get a nice goal from Dylan DeMello, who slapped a shot from the right flank, uh, basically around the point area. It deflected off of somebody's skate. I think it might have been Nick Paul's skate or stick, and then it just deflected downwards and passed Murray, and I don't think Matt ever really saw the puck. Somehow, against all the odds, the Jets were up uh, 2-0, and Ottawa didn't really seem to know what was going on. The Sens made things worse for themselves when Goodbranson later took a penalty that was a a nasty little cross-check or something against Nikolai Ehlers, dropped Ehlers to the ground, and then, of course, the Jets go on the power play, and that power play unit basically went full Harlem Globetrotters against Ottawa's PK unit, which was really stagnant, not able to pressure the puck carriers, and the Jets basically carved up that unit like it was nothing. In fact, the the power play probably should have scored, you know, within the first 15 or 20 seconds because the movement was so good, the passing was great, and there were a couple of really good opportunities where Murray was swimming in his crease and the Jets were so close to, to scoring again. But then, of course, it didn't really happen until Blake Wheeler ended up getting a nice little shovel pass from Paul Stastny and just tucking it into the net, thankfully, you know. I mean, the Jets... The thing with them is, like, they'll play a couple of minutes a night in some of these periods where, like, they they get shelled in certain areas, but then they have, like, a couple of good sustained shifts, and all of a sudden they've managed to score, like, two or three goals. That kind of felt like how this uh, middle frame went, where Winnipeg was very stagnant, but then again had a couple of great shifts, and all of a sudden, just like that, the Jets are up 3-0, so I don't really know what to make of it. Winnipeg is a strange team this year. I mean, it's it's a very strange season in general, but 
The Jets in particular have had a weird past couple of seasons. When you look at the way that they try to do zone exits, where they do zone entries on power plays and stuff, and, and just the general philosophical approach to how they create offense, it's just a very strange team. This The squad needs to be built on like really fast vertical passing, fast play, good skilled puck moving D who can also make long passes, and yet the Jets don't really have any of that. And their approach often leads to the the Jets defenders getting themselves in very big trouble and the Jets forwards having to compensate, except the Jets forwards aren't really defensively aware enough to actually compensate and fill in those gaps. The second period against Ottawa is a very good example of why the Jets have managed to survive thus far and not get bit as much, just because they have the firepower and, and scoring talent to really overcome a lot of their issues, but, you know, against a better team like, say, you know, Toronto or Montreal, the Jets are going to have a lot of trouble. Toronto may not be as good as it was a couple of seasons ago, but it's still a very darn good team with a lot of really skilled forward depth and a lot of great puck distributors. With the way that the Jets' D tend to play and sort of just drift around the slot not really knowing what to do or who to mark, it's going to give the Jets fits, and we've already seen Toronto kind of cut apart Winnipeg's attack and, and defense before, so I'm not really looking forward to those rematches, and Winnipeg's about to go on a very long road trip. And most of the teams that the Jets will be playing on said road trip are going to be teams that are above them in the standings or probably should be just because I feel like the Jets have thus far gotten very fortunate that their their goaltending is held up and that their offense can continue to score at a ridiculous rate. Second periods like this where the Jets sort of, I don't know, maybe crap house their way through a couple of great goal scoring opportunities won't come along very often. You can't rely on your opponents to make a lot of really juicy mistakes like Matt Murray doing whatever it is he did in net, and Ottawa's penalty kill looking very toothless in the way that it just doesn't pressure any of Winnipeg's skaters. That's not going to be the case very often, and I think speed tends to be a really big killer for this Jet squad, so... You know, I would not anticipate this being a very good template for how to beat teams that are going to be stronger opponents. Now, I guess in Ottawa's defense, it's not like they didn't do anything at all. They actually did play a couple of decent sequences, and I thought at times... They weren't the worst team I've ever seen. I mean, I've seen, you know, much crappier teams like the Vancouver Canucks at times. Very bad team despite having a couple of really great star-studded players. Ottawa is actually capable of creating offense near your net. They just can't finish on it, and they also surrender a lot more than they uh, end up scoring. So, very tough road for them. And it's not like they stopped pouring the shots on after they found themselves in the 3-0 deficit. I mean, they were really pushing throughout most of the game. It's just that, ultimately, it is still the Sens, and that's going to continue to be an issue until their roster quality improves. Unfortunately, things for the Sens did not improve very much. Uh, you know, fortunate for the Jets, I'd say, but certainly not for Ottawa fans. We'll talk a little bit about what happened in the third period and some closing thoughts heading into the next game on Saturday. But before we get too wild and crazy, I thought I'd tell you a little bit about why BetOnline.ag needs to be your one-stop shop for all your online betting needs. BetOnline is the easiest, fastest, and safest way to do all of your online betting on all your favorite sports action. Even though football may be over, including the NFL and college football, the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are all in full swing. Not to mention the ever-running international football scene like the Premier League, La Liga, and Bundesliga. No matter your taste and favorite sports fandom, BetOnline has you covered. They even have bets for shows, awards, and reality TV, and always have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Whether you want to drop a bet on who you think is going to win the next Stanley Cup, or who you think might get voted off your favorite reality TV show, BetOnline has you covered. They've also got all the news, scores, and odds you could possibly need, and it's completely free to sign up. Head on over to betonline.ag or use your mobile device and sign up today. And when you do, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your very first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for the 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. 
Welcome back to this episode of the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are closing out this slightly abbreviated episode with a few more thoughts about how Winnipeg uh, ended up winning against the Ottawa Senators. They finished the night 5-1, and it was thanks to a couple of extra goals on the evening, one of which was a very nice wraparound effort from Neil Pionk. I have to say that when Neil Pionk gets offensively aggressive inside the opposing end, I tend to like what he does. I think he's got very good skating, his balance is good, his vision and and puck handling and and passing are all very strong in certain situations. Obviously, for some reason, that situation is not the power play, but he definitely does shoot pretty well on the special teams unit, and at even strength when he's in possession of the puck, some decent things have happened, so it was kind of cool to see him score a a very nice individual effort of a goal this evening. He was uh, coming around the backside of the net and somehow caught the entire Sens defense and the backup who got subbed in, Marcus Hogberg, uh, a little bit by surprise and scored a nice individual goal and then earlier in the period Matthew Perot who has been on an absolute tear in terms of his quality of on ice play for the Jets had a nice goal himself thanks to Mark Shifley and Trevor Lewis along the walls making a little bit of space and giving him a nice opportunity to snipe one over Hogberg's shoulder a very nice goal for Matthew Perot and of course we're very happy to see the Frenchman return to form you know I've, I've expressed in the past that I was starting to worry about whether or not he'd ever be a semblance of who he was a couple of years ago back when he was more towards his prime and really capable of performing. Injuries, of course, have derailed a lot of his recent career, but this year he looks like he's back, and hopefully he continues to be this good because we all love a really good dose of Matty P at his best. The lone goal against came from a pretty decent net front effort from Josh Norris, who just kind of tucked it around uh, Connor Hellebuck's right pad. A bit of an unfortunate one. The puck was just sitting there, Norris capitalized, and it wasn't like the Jets' D recognized it fast enough to clear it out. Ottawa is definitely one of those teams that just sort of fires from all angles and tries to get stuff on net no matter the cost, whether it's tipping deflections, shoving it into goalie pads and stuff, trying to nab stuff off the end boards, looking for rebounds and greasy opportunities, anything they can to try and score goals because, you know, goals have been few and far between for the team as a whole. And with the fact that they don't really have a whole lot of high-end goal-scoring talent, they have to rely on a lot of really scrappy efforts. So I feel like this one was probably a little bit overdue. I think Connor Hellebuck had a very good night in net. Certainly stopped more than his fair share of shots on the night, so I'm very happy with his performance. He looked pretty uh, pretty attuned to what was going on, kept a good puck tracking ability, didn't really overcommit, made some very clean saves, and gave the Jets a chance to, to claw back in this one and end up stealing the win. Overall, I thought Paul Stastny had a pretty decent outing. He did have a slow start like the rest of the team, but, you know, in the second period, he had a couple of really nice net front opportunities, of course scored himself a very nice early goal, and assisted another great one to Wheeler, so... All in all, a pretty successful night for Pauly Walnuts, and I feel like he was probably one of the few so-called standout skaters on the night. I also thought Dylan DeMello had a pretty decent outing, all things considered. You know, it ended up being that he didn't get credit for the goal. It sounds like it was given to Nikolai Ehlers, but overall, pretty okay. This is all very relative stuff, just because I feel like the Jets in general didn't do a whole lot, and I wasn't overly impressed with most of the skaters. It sounds like the skaters themselves weren't really happy with the performance. Uh, Some of them were just not generally pleased with how the Jets were playing. They kind of talked about the first period being very poor, and Maurice said the same thing, which is it's just sort of funny that it continues to be a problem, so hopefully over the next couple of games they get away from this, like, seven defender thing. I really think that's kind of silly. Make it the natural four lines. Don't try to hamstring yourself already, and make sure you aren't asking too much of your defenders. It does seem like Logan Stanley, with the the low ice time that he got tonight, will be the one to come out of the lineup over the weekend with Pullman coming back in. 
Based on merit, I don't know that that's really fair 100% just because I feel like Bolu has struggled a lot and he probably needs to be the one that at least has a reduction in minutes, if not just coming out of the lineup and being press boxed for a bit. But we all know how Winnipeg and, and Paul Maurice can be, so obviously I think that that's not going to be the, the situation or case. We'll probably see Pullman and Morrissey again, which was also a very difficult pairing to contend with for a while just because... Pullman's not really capable of carrying that that pairing, and neither is Morrissey. At some point, I just keep holding out hope that at some day we see uh, Vili Heinle become a Jets regular, but until that day comes, it's going to be a tough one for the Jets. For now, though, that will wrap up tonight's episode. I'll have some more coverage tomorrow, probably covering uh, the rest of tonight's games as well as some of the other games from whatever action occurs tomorrow evening or whatever hasn't been postponed, I guess. Before you log off, be sure to listen to the Locked on Fantasy podcast. Get the upper hand in your fantasy league with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long, dynasty, and DFS leagues, breaking down all the stats and information to keep you ahead of the competition. Subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast wherever you get your favorite shows, and thanks so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go!